When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Roberts. Everybody ready to do the work today? Yes. Because yes, you're am. racist. <laughs> you're ready. racist. And you're a racist. Hashtag you know? do the work. I am committed to being an anti-racist, my friend. Excellent. Every yes. time I hear that, my head just blows up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to do the work. Oh, shut up. <laughs> well, let's start with racism at the border. Yeah. Uh, So there was a hearing on Capitol Hill about the border crisis. One of the witnesses on behalf of the Democrats was the El Paso County Judge uh, Ricardo Samaniego. So he's testifying before Congress, and apparently you're not allowed to tell the truth of what's happening at the border. And if you call it a crisis, you want people to get slaughtered. Here we go. What? Okay, let's hear this and try to make sense of it. There is no open border in El Paso. Immigrants seeking asylum largely present themselves to Border Patrol for processing. There is no invasion of migrants in our community. Time out. Yeah. Do you know the percent that actually, <laughs> that are saying, yeah, we're here for asylum, that would actually qualify? <laughs> does the judge know that? He does. Probably not, or you wouldn't be just... Throwing out BS like that. Well, he's a Democratic Party shill. I mean, let's yeah, be honest. Saying there's no invasion, too. Okay, for the bowl game that was in El Paso, the college football bowl game. Yes. Remember, they usually have like a fan day at the convention center. They had to cancel it because the convention center is full of migrants. If that doesn't qualify as at least somewhat of an invasion of people. <laughs> But to say that, see, you don't understand your own racism, David. Right, okay. That's what we're to believe from this guy. What is it, 3% would qualify for asylum? And most people say less than that, like a percent. But anyway, go ahead, Judge. Are there hordes of undocumented immigrants committing crimes against citizens or causing havoc in our community? Claiming this continues a false racist narrative against this individual to perpetuate violence that the El Paso community is all too familiar with. It's. I mean, there, there everything are. Everything is racist, everything. There are also, also Latino homeowners and business owners up and down the Texas border who are worried about people breaking into their homes, people stealing from their restaurants. I mean, we had the interview with a woman, uh, not in El Paso, I forget where she, what part of Texas she was from but where they closed the family barbecue joint because they kept getting robbed. Right. I mean, and we also know this. We just saw another story out of New York where the um, migrants are housed at the hotel. It's a complete disaster. It's a nonstop party. The rooms are trashed. It's crazy. But anyway, uh, back to anybody 
calling uh, this foul. You're racist. Go ahead, Judge. When our citizens were target of a of racially motivated mass shooting August the 3rd, 2019, they killed 23 El Pasoans and Mexican citizens and wounded 26 other innocent bystanders. The, the Walmart shooting. So basically, if you have a problem with what's happening at the border, you're supporting this guy who went in and murdered a bunch of people at a Walmart. That's nonsense. It, of course it's nonsense. And it's despicable. <laughs> You know, it's weird because part of what he is saying, he completely bypasses the part that when you come into this country, okay, illegally, that you've already broken the law. Right. It's like we're so used to it now, some people don't even think of it as breaking the law. That's breaking the freaking law. It's so frustrating. Okay, so everybody do the work today and just go along with the judge or you're racist. Okay, fine. Uh, More racism with Al Sharpton coming up in a few. But before we get there, okay, we're talking about whitewashing right now. Uh, But not the kind of whitewashing that the media usually throws out there. No. Uh, So Hunter Biden appears ready to sue a bunch of people in conservative media and is asking law enforcement to criminally prosecute people who pushed the material contained on that laptop that I guess in a crack-induced stupor he left and forgot about at a computer Mm -hmm. repair shop. Now, the weird thing is they're still not saying his legal team, they've talked to uh, law enforcement in Delaware, and they're asking the Justice Department to investigate this for stolen materials and whatnot. Mm -hmm. They're still not admitting that it's his laptop. So how, if, if you're not willing to come out and say, yes, that was real material, Yes, that was really Hunter Biden's laptop. How could you possibly sue somebody without without acknowledging that? I don't understand. It, it makes no, no sense. <laughs> he stole. I'm something. not a legal expert, but that it, makes no sense. That makes your head hurt, man. It, That's that, just thinking about that. It, the allegation boiled down is that that computer repair shop owner stole something that wasn't Hunter Biden's to begin with. It, it doesn't make any sense. Um, and it's he also- turned it over to the FBI right. in 2019, and they ignored it. Yeah. And we know that. So it's also weird because, again, it was supposedly Russian disinformation, but now apparently it is real, but maybe not. Now, I don't know. Uh, and it constitutes a crime to have it and disseminate that information that's on there. So he's talking about Tucker Carlson, talking about Rudy Giuliani, the computer repair shop guy, Steve Bannon. Uh, okay anybody really talked about it now on the today show this morning get a load of this reporter Kristen welker just kind of acted like everyone's been following this story all along this is remarkable i saw this okay roll it the laptop you may remember was at the center of a series of salacious and frankly damaging media stories about the president's son a lot of them before the 2020 election including alleged emails related to his business dealings overseas and republicans have really tried to seize on this alleging hunter biden has tried to profit off his father's political career for his part president biden has denied knowledge of his son's business dealings well, if I got my news from you, I wouldn't remember yeah. it because you wouldn't talk about it. Well, they, there were a couple of times they talked about it, but it was only in the context of 51 former intelligence officials say that this is Russian disinformation. All the earmarks of Russian disinformation. And, and all this really is is a tabloid. Remember that? 
Yes. It was just this tabloid, the New York Post, mm-hmm. that was pushing this disinformation, probably from Russia. And now they're just like, you may remember this story as uh, being salacious and controversial, of course. Yeah. <laughs> remember that? Yeah, because we, we definitely covered it. Yeah. <laughs> he admitted to trading off his name for, to gain right, some sort did. of foot up. He admitted it. Yes. That's not speculation. That's true. So is this just simply if you're Hunter Biden, you know it's coming down on you. So you what, go on the offensive first? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think you're as right. As far as just optics thing. go? Yeah. Okay. You, you play the victim. It's your, it, it's, I'm the victim here. But here's the thing. They can't plan on going all the way through with this because then you have discovery. And then everyone knows the truth. No. no. I think they hope, the hope is they can string this thing out long enough. People just forget about it. It fades that's, away. That's what I figure. You know. That's part of the play. Yep. Okay. Uh, oh, back to doing the work. You're a racist, and so are you, and so are you. Yeah. So how can we stop being racist? This is Al Sharpton now. Yeah, Al Sharpton uh, was at the funeral of Tyree Nichols, the guy who was beaten to death by five black police officers in Memphis. But remember, those black police officers were, like, hypnotized and forced to do it by the puppet master white supremacist or something. I don't know, man. It's crazy. Uh, anyway, hmm. here here's the Reverend talking about racism. Okay. Well, Reverend Al, you don't understand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community and at the same time not be tough and rough? Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis. And they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department? Then keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death. Okay. <laughs> is it just me or is this a new low for Al Sharpton? Or has he just been this low forever? It's, it's close. I mean, he, he's always been scraping the bottom of the barrel and good taste yes. and common sense. But I, I, would, I would say, again, if you're asking about policing and where police officers wind up going it's where the crime is and i guarantee you you can talk to some white folks in trailer parks around memphis and they would not have the same experience as white folks living in the suburbs guaranteed guaranteed this is all about stoking racial division totally and i guess we can get to the rest of this clip and we all know this, okay? For a guy like Al Sharpton, that's that's your gig. Right, it's his character. It, it, it could never be solved. It's his character. Yes. Yeah, it's like if Henry Winkler had to be the Fonz the rest of his life. <laughs> <laughs> so what we got here, again, is racism. He's walking around doing that all day. <laughs> I guess that's, yes, it's true. It's yeah. the leather jacket, the whole bit. Yeah, every, everything. But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe that that man had been white. You wouldn't have beat him like that that night. <laughs> and that's how you honor this poor guy mm-hmm. that was beaten to death. Wow. I mean, uh, honestly, I mean, Al Sharpton is actually now just speaking out on, I don't know, black on black crime in this case. Yes, you know, and, and someone made the point when it was the year anniversary of George Floyd. And so you had 
you know, <laughs> the whole crew going back. Sharpton, it was Ben Crump, all that. And people made the point. There was an eight-year-old kid, if I remember right, that was shot because the violence went through the roof mm-hmm. because police pull back. And that's what happens every time we have a story like this, right? Did they take any time to go visit those people no. in the hospital that got shot that weekend? They were people of color. Well, why not? Because they don't, they don't care about black people. They care about being able to push some narrative to keep making money. Exploit a situation to keep this grift going yeah. and going and going. Yeah. It's disgusting. I noticed. And I, I think most people know that. I noticed that Al Sharpton didn't go to the funeral of Sicoria Turner, that little girl in Atlanta who was shot and killed by Black Lives Matter rioters. Oh, didn't didn't go to her funeral because her mom turned into the wrong parking lot and they said this is our territory and they shot up the car and killed this little girl yes no they're not going to do that it's not advantageous you know and here we are on groundhog day with al sharpton you can just call it groundhog year you wouldn't have beat him like that that night yeah if he was white and it's just year after year after year it's the groundhog thing yes with sharpton thank you al always good always the peaceful guy (laughs) (laughs) well oh did you see what we're going to be uh, sending to ukraine the longer range smart bombs this is gonna escalate isn't it got that a whole lot to get to today coming up right here show i'm jamie markley that's david van camp there's scott robbins dwindling they do not want him dwindling his thumb you can get a gig as a contortionist intravenous fluids and pills coated uh with gelatin some classic al sharpton yeah with al sharpton versus the teleprompter Al Sharpton, of course, in the news. You know, I've always preferred the lemon gelatin. <laughs> yes, that's good, too. More on Al. And just, you know, splitting people on race the way he always does. Oh, like God. he did in Memphis yesterday, a little bit later on. Did see this story. The United States is expected to send Ukraine longer-range smart bombs in the next aid package. It's a precision-guided bomb with a range of 94 miles. New smart weapon. Uh, sounds like it's pretty innovative. Um, precision-guided 250-pound bomb that is strapped to a rocket. I mean, that's going to help Ukraine in a number of ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people are thinking, we're getting really closer and closer to World War III. Oh, is, well, is that your gut feeling when you hear all of this? It freaks me out, man. It does. So it when you hear something like this, yeah, I'm heading to Van Camp's house. I got the garden and the <laughs> guns, and are you digging a bomb shelter yet? Sorry, man. I, you <laughs> know, on. I love you like a brother, but it's on, you know man. when when World War Three happens, it's it's got to be everybody being able to pull their own weight. And, oh gosh. <laughs> I mean, you've said yourself that at the end of the world, you'd be good at hosting the banquet. Yeah. I don't need an if, MC. If I survive it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. It's, I know, but I, I hear this stuff all the time. It's a meritocracy in Van Camp's world. It, world. it doesn't world. matter what box you check. <laughs> no, you're out. It. Okay. Dave, David is an anti-Baldite. 
Well, you know, Ukrainian officials have asked for more supplies and, and, and more weapons, and they're getting it. I know. And do you think this is a good thing or a bad thing? Or you're not quite sure? Or a lot of people is like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with all of this. Some are like, you know what? We got problems here. I don't think it's a good thing, put it that way. On our own border. Yes. Can we fix that first? Can we prioritize a little bit? Yeah, I think that that makes some sense. Gosh dang. Boy, you're more worried about that than I had thought you would be, to be honest. Well, I am. I listen to too much of this doomsday stuff, I think, on the on the news. It's just, you know. You mean just following the news like everybody else? I mean, yeah. We all see the same stuff. I figure I live in a high-rise, which is the absolute worst place you could live in case the nukes come. Well, I mean, being on ground level isn't going to really spare you either. I think I'll feel safer in a bathtub <laughs> in the in the basement. You do, man. You you tend to freak out more than most when it comes to yeah. this stuff. That's, honestly, always makes me queasy and uneasy, just because of who's running this country and the decisions that are being made in this country, because they're all wrong. Yeah, yeah. I think we're still a ways away. Uh, yet. I hope you're right. But you don't know Putin. I mean, uh, you yeah. put somebody and back him into a corner. What do you think is going to happen? Again. Yeah, I'm just playing with you right now. I know. But I think there is some truth to that. Gosh, if yeah. it happens, Scott, you can't do anything about it anyway. Nope. Well, there, okay. there, there is one thing you can do to prepare, and that is to buy guns, buy ammo, plant the crisis <laughs> garden, and get right with Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's that's basically it. a lot of work to it. do, Scott. You need to do the work. <laughs> the work done. <laughs> hey, real quick, I saw this story out of the Wall Street Journal. And it just said one company's trick to getting 95,000 hours back. Like 95,000 hours. What are they talking about? You know what it is? Canceling meetings. Because after COVID, because you had so many people working remotely, they wanted people to check in more often just to see what everyone was doing. Well, yeah. Well, as more and more people have gotten back into the office, a lot of times those check-ins have not slowed down. And so now it's to the point where you actually have people saying, listen, we have so many flipping meetings, we can't get work done. We have the research to back it up. This president and CEO of Greater Richmond Partnership, Jennifer Wakefield, said, last Monday I had 13 meetings. 13! Yeah, that's a lot of meetings, man. The whole day, 7.30 in the morning till 6. And she had two 30-minute breaks. And so what do you do during the breaks? Catch up on email. You can't... You can't get things done when you're constantly yeah. meeting. And that's what they're saying. So I know, especially, Scott, you, David, talking about meetings from your past is yeah. like middle management. I mean, a lot of times nothing Ooh. actually happens. It's sort of like, okay, we talked about a lot. We'll circle back to this. Never circle back to it. It's true. Yes. I'd rather put my face in a fan. I know. Yeah. It's going to be okay, Scott. Uh-huh. We're going right. to get through all of this. Okay. Um, by the way, I don't know if you knew this. We're fixing the airlines right now by giving people hotel vouchers. We'll get to that story and much more coming up right here. Robin Show, Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. There's always a lot going on. All right. 
had a lot of trouble with the airlines. We know that. Yeah. But we have a fix? Uh, apparently so. So Transportation Secretary Pete Boot Edge Edge is one of the most useless people in the Biden administration. And that is saying something, man. Because checks the box. There's a lot of useless people in that administration. Because, you know, in crisis after crisis, he's basically nowhere to be seen. And then he gets all pissy about it. If somebody says, hey, wait a minute, why were you, like, flying around the world? Why were you in Portugal during, you know, crucial rail strike or rail worker negotiations? Well, I was on the phone. I mean, I'm allowed to have a life. Anyway, uh, obviously, in the last few months, there have been a lot of problems with air travel in particular. And he was on CNBC. And I'll tell you, man, he got office spaced just a little bit. Really? Roll that. Okay. What what are you actually doing at this point? (laughs) Well, our focus is getting results for consumers. So, for example, with the frustrations we've seen over the last years with cancellations and delays, we took a lot of steps over the summer that won more benefits for passengers in terms of enforceable requirements on uh, getting, uh, you know, getting your expenses covered, getting a uh, voucher for a meal or a hotel when you get stuck. Things that came in handy, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so applebee's coupons in other words yeah yeah okay came in handy all right <laughs> yeah. dude this guy really is just the most stereotypical middle manager ever that guy who ne- never really wants to be the ceo of a company and really doesn't care how well the company does just right. wants to do enough to not get fired but to also move up. <laughs> right. Yes. Well, you know, dude, it reminds me of this. And if I go with the middle manager part, you could interview well for a gig and you can start that job and the people around you can sort of admire you because you're bringing something fresh. But it might be three months. It depends. Six months, nine months. You can kind of figure out, wait a second. Is this person really all that was built up to be, or is there nothing really there? Like, the emperor has no clothes, and at some point you figure it out. That's Pete. And that was Pete on the campaign trail. Do you remember how many suburban women were like, I love Mayor Pete. Pete, what a great president he would make. And it would make me seem, you know, okay because I'm checking a box. He, he's a gay man. I don't know if you knew that, but I, but I don't care about that. He would just make a great president. And then time goes on, and you see him on the campaign trail, and then you see him in a debate, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is empty. There's nothing there. Yeah. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. He does have one skill set, and, and a lot of these people in the Biden White House do. They can talk for, like, 10 minutes straight and say absolutely nothing. Yes. Nothing. That it, It's just filling the, the air with words. And you think, on the other end, that you just don't understand. You can't comprehend. This man is so much smarter than you are that he, he's not really tying you up in knots. He's really saying something, but you just can't comprehend it. It's like their form of what you would call McGurkin. It is. It's always 100% McGurkin, yeah. yeah. used to be called double talk. It used to be called all kinds of things. Yeah. But it, it's he's got it. Kamala Mamala's got it. Ned's got it. Yeah, well, Kamala does not really have it. No, I mean, she's not. She's not as professional about it as, no, as Edge Edge is. I mean, that's it, it's the difference between you know filling up a crossword puzzle and then just thinking that the crossword puzzle is the word search. I mean, that's, that's <laughs> <laughs> or misspelling the words right. and saying they're right. Right. Yeah. She's like, but this, this does is the jumble, happen, right, man? You know, you think about this. This happens. It, 
it happens in the dating world. If you go back to when you were dating, and it might have been, it could have been the first two, three weeks. Sometimes it could last a month and a half. Everything's pretty cool. But at some point, you're like, okay, this is going to go, you know, long term here. Or wait a second. This, I, I thought wrong about this. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I'm seeing this for what it really is. Yeah. And it happens with politicians all the time. And I'll, it's happened to me with different people thinking, you know what? I like this person. I I think this person is going to be really, really good. Well, I think we just uh, mentioned this a few weeks ago um, with, oh, my oh, gosh. Dude. Dan Crenshaw. Yes. Yeah. Like, high hopes, man. I think this guy. And then all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I totally read it wrong. And then you play the who won't get fooled again. You, you and, and I worked. You and I worked for a guy like that. We bought in one. Well, more than one, but I'm just one in particular <laughs> jumps out at me. Oh, I saw it's, through that. You didn't. It took me a while. It did. I yes, longer than you. But you're the one that got. Yeah, you you were dazzled too at first. Oh, we're talking about different people oh, now. Yeah, okay. Oh yeah, yeah, we all fell into that. Gosh dang it! <laughs> I know it. So, <laughs> I mean, we look back. We, on you it know now what? And... I don't know of anybody that saw through it in the beginning. The guy no. was a master. He was a master. He still is. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> he just, he just switched businesses. Yeah. He was out of radio to something else. He worn out that crowd. Now He's you're going taking over taking somebody else to the cleaners. Yeah, right. They'll figure it out at some point. Uh, okay. This incompetence doesn't pay off. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when someone told you earlier in your career, a lot of it's BS and confidence, they weren't lying. No, they were not. That will get you. I'm not saying it's going to take you all the way, but it'll take you somewhere. Yep. All right. It's that time of the show. Always talking about, you know, the big stories, but sometimes we see other stories that piques your interest. Today, David, what's your story? All right. Well, th this was just kind of a weird thing that crossed my Twitter timeline, and it was Pope Francis. Oh. Out of nowhere, I start seeing this blow up. He tweeted out, quote, The middle finger, which is higher than the others, reminds us of something essential. Honesty. To be honest means not getting entangled in the snares of corruption. And everybody's like, okay, did the Pope just officially endorse flipping people to bird? Because that's kind of awesome. <laughs> that's... Well, no. Johnny Cash is like the most honest person who ever lived. Right. They so they actually right. deleted it, and but the broader context was he was talking about uh, using the digits on a hand as examples of how to live your life. Like uh, you know, the thumb is the finger closest to our heart, symbolizes prayer, which is the driving force of our life. Things like that. But it wasn't put in a format that made it easy to comprehend what he was saying. <laughs> and out of nowhere, it's just like, yeah, the middle finger that shows how you're honest. It's pretty cool, man. Just flip people off, man. God be with you. There is some honesty attached to that, yeah. Yeah. The whole five-finger prayer. You ever heard of it? No. David, you ever heard of it? Uh-uh. Five-finger prayer? Like, if you don't know what to pray for? And then, <laughs> I know it, and then I'm like, okay, I don't want to misquote it. I better get this right. Uh, the thumb, that is closest to you, so you pray for your family. The pointer those that point you in the right direction. That could be teachers. It could be doctors, um, people that you would want wisdom from. Mm -hmm. You pray for those people. Um, and then for the middle finger, those that lead us. <laughs> so it could be the government, which does seem to fit. <laughs> right. <laughs> With the start of the story. The ring finger would be, well, it's your weakest finger. So those that are the weakest, you know. And then you're talking about orphans and widows mm -hmm. and the poor. And then your pinky, um, that's for 
yourself and your own needs and what you're looking for. So that would be the five-finger prayer. I know what the five-finger discount is. (laughs) Of course you did, because you used to steal. (laughs) What's your story today, Scott? Well, uh, Hunter Biden's laptop apparently is real. It's not Russian disinformation, and it's not a plant. We finally, he admitted it. Finally, right? Yes. So what I want to know today when I bring this up, and I'm not the only one that wants to know this. All right. The 51 freaking retired Intel folks or whoever the hell they were, what are their names and where are they? We know most of them. Yeah, a lot of them are working at CNN. Mm-hmm. Or 51 NBC retraction and... should be coming very soon. This yeah. story's drug out long enough. And I, I, I want to, re- this is interesting too, because if you recall what Joe Biden said there during a debate, there are 50 formal. Uh, former national intelligence folks yeah. who said that what he's accusing me of is a Russian plant. Five former heads of the CIA, both parties, say what he's saying is a bunch of garbage. Nobody believes it except his good buddy, Rudy Giuliani. Yeah, I remember it well. Where's your apology? It's not oh, going to happen. No. no. Where's your admission that you were wrong? Well, and some of these people were also working at Twitter. And saying, yeah, don't let this out. I find the story to be remarkable. Because, again, what we have is anybody who called it out and said, that's a lie. That's a lie. It was misinformation. You were peddling. Mm-hmm. You were banned from social media. You got kicked off. Yes. You were, you were dehumanized. Yes. As just nothing more than a hack plant for the other party. And all this stuff is true. All right. Before we move on, I'm just going to throw this out here. See what you think. All right. So, as we've talked about many times information is crucial at this moment for this country absolutely because there are so many people in the country that have honestly no clue of what's really going on is this an opportunity for those that didn't believe this from the get-go and still may not even know it to actually share the story saying hey i'm not looking to start a fight or anything else all i'm saying is you know when we talked about this a few years ago this is true. Yeah, this true. laptop is real. And there were deals going on with the Biden family. And even these outlets are now having to report this. Yeah, if they do it all. Is that a good idea? I think it is, but I guess you've got to be careful with some people. Well, I think, it's, I think it's important not so much to just come out with that, but whatever the next thing is going to be, right, whatever it is, and... You know, whatever it is that liberal media and Democrat politicians start saying is just a right-wing conspiracy theory or Russian disinformation, and you're pretty sure that it's actually true, mm-hmm. just add the Hunter Biden laptop thing to the list. You should keep a list of all the hoaxes that Democrats have convinced people were real. And then just bring it up. You don't have to be super confrontational about it, but you just kind of say, hey, well, okay, but remember how you told me in 2016 that you thought it was – or 2017 – that you thought the Russian collusion thing was true? Yeah, that wasn't actually true. No. Remember, yeah. and then, you know, add that to the list. Add the Hunter oh, Biden th- thing to the whole list. Then you can go COVID. Then you can go Fauci. Then you can do the shots. Uh, fine people. Fine people. That's huge, one of huge, the... Tremendously big lie. Yes. I think my phone is just out of reach. I have a whole note list of a ton of them. I'm glad you're keeping track. It's hard. I know it is, because it's like every day. But this one pissed me off probably more than any. Yeah. 
I mean, you can well, always fall on much the sword more. of, well, we only knew what we knew about COVID, you know. You can fall on that sword. But this one, they damn well knew exactly what it was. Yeah, they did. Um, for my story today, it's something, honestly, David, you shared with me. And it's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez talking about Ilhan Omar getting booted off the Foreign Affairs Committee. Yeah, that that has been finalized today, and Democrats were hopping mad about it, and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez threw a temper tantrum over it. I mean, you think about this. All of the anti-Semitic things that Ilhan Omar has said over time. Ah, forget about all this. Listen to AOC. One of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. Hold, I- hold on. Good Lord. Is she saying it's never stopped after 9-11? No, I'm, I'm also kind of wondering... Wait, so not having a spot on a committee Mm -hmm. is violence against women of color? (laughs) Really? (laughs) In their world, probably. Yeah. I mean, she said it was an all-out attempted coup on January 6th, and that she was almost raped, although she wasn't in the same building. Yeah. This is the same person. Okay. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life, and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me. What is she talking about? Nobody nobody threatened to end her life. I I think she's talking about this ad or this stupid video that, uh, who was it? Was it Paul Gosar or whoever it was? Oh, yeah. But it was the anime video where... (laughs) <laughs> they were like slaying dragons and whatnot, and one of the people, it was on the screen for like a second, one of the dragons being slayed was AOC, and they and they did, they kicked him off the committees because they said that constituted a death threat. <laughs> Holy smokes. Dude, there's still 30 seconds of this rant left. Do you want the rest? I, I can... do, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, we can do that in a couple of minutes. There's, like I said... Much to get to. And the FBI investigating George Santos' alleged involvement in the GoFundMe scheme. Golly. With the dog. Oh, my goodness, this guy. It's all coming up right here. Van Camp and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, uh, Ilan Omar booted off the Foreign Affairs Committee. She should be. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez out of her mind. And we've heard part of the rant, but we got to hear the rest. This is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdi- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of what? tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting... Who's she talking about? Uh, Space lasers? I think she's talking about Marjorie Taylor Greene. That's what I thought. Okay. All right. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology. Time my life was threatened. Thank you. Her life okay. is These guys, threatened. their life is threatened and it's racist. And 
because of a cartoon? The, the cartoon? Blood's, blood's yeah, on I your hands. And, yeah. I thought, well, hold on a second. It's hard to have this narrative of pioneer and tough. It doesn't matter. It's man's world. I'm taking it over. Oh, leader, strong leader. And then you go act like a little kitty cat. The threat. Somebody made a cartoon. It was mean. Doesn't quite jive together. No, it doesn't. Am I missing it? No. No, you're not missing anything. It's I'm pretty just tough. tired of it because all lives are always at stake. Oh, yeah. Any, anything that, that the Republicans are against it, therefore, that puts people's lives at stake. Meanwhile, George Santos... He's a Republican yeah. from New York. What a He's embattled. Yeah. I, I saw another embattled. update. This was another story. The, uh -huh. This was at Daily Wire today. Embattled Congressman George Santos recusing himself of his committee assignments and exclusive new reporting. Well, this is from, yeah, that was yesterday. X is accusing Santos of promising green cards. Well, yeah, there was that whole thing. But mm -hmm. this is all about the GoFundMe scheme Gosh. that was set up for a disabled U.S. Navy vet's dog. Because Santos had told Politico... The two FBI agents contacted Richard Ostoff, a disabled Navy vet, as part of an investigation. Apparently, Santos raises three grand for life-saving surgery for the dog, but then kept the money. Yeah. Dog died. <laughs> this guy's a beaut. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so we've learned now that if you think there's a crisis at the border, you're racist? That's Did I get that right? Told. Yes, that's what we are told. An El Paso County judge yesterday told Congress that. And also, if you, uh, if you say that there is a crisis, that only inflames tensions with Latinos in America. And you're responsible for a tragedy like what happened at the Walmart in El Paso a few years ago, where a nut job murdered a couple dozen people. Okay, so it's with nonsense. all the fentanyl coming through and killing people, yeah, cartels smuggling people, and some people we don't even know what happens to them. You're not supposed to say anything because if you do, mm -hmm. then you're racist. Yes. Well, okay. Yeah, it's nonsense, man. It's it's they live in La La Land. So I suppose um, that this hotel worker in New York City, Felipe Rodriguez. Um, uh, is is probably racist for yeah. saying what's going on in this hotel, New York's Road NYC hotel. We've seen it, you know, in the coverage many times on Fox and other outlets of how you have these people here illegally. They're put in the hotel and they're trashed at the place. They're partying. And you got the mayor of New York City, Eric Adams, saying, hey, we got the shelter over here. Uh, look, I'm here. I'm playing ping pong. The food's good. Warm shower, nice bathrooms, and then you have people from the hotel go to scout it out. Say, well, is it really good enough? Like there's some, ah. some travel agency or something. Yeah. Ah. We'll go back to the hotel. Yeah, we like right. the hotel better. Yeah. So, according to this employee at the hotel, it's been total chaos. People bringing in drugs, trashing the rooms. 
that the taxpayers, of course, are funding. So there's no accountability. The city so-called running the program allows these people to destroy these rooms. There's no daily supervision to show these people that you don't destroy your hotel. You're only there temporarily. This is not your home. So unfortunately, the ones that are paying the price are the hotel workers. And he said local six union workers. Those guys and those ladies endure a lot of disrespect from the migrants. Can you imagine that? And there are some nice migrants, but there's way too much alcohol, too much drugs, and too much violence. And you have teenagers going into the staircases, making out. It's like lovers laying there. Sex said it's a free-for-all. Okay, I will. As I've said before, you're 23 years old. You're in whatever crappy country. You and your buddies are like, hey, you hear what's going on? The United States, all we got to do is make it through. They'll bust us somewhere. It sounds like a party. Yeah, the uh, soulful tones of Luther Vandross coming out of the stairwells. <laughs> right, I, so, I, yeah, man, let's party like rock stars for yeah, a while. What's not? the worst thing that could happen? I, I am wondering where the unions are on this. Yeah. Because, yeah. I mean, when you do have a situation like this, whether it's at the row or where the protests were going on, which is a different hotel, I, I, I wonder, though, if you are part of a union – and your working conditions are as such, and no one seems to be able to do anything about it. Why isn't well, maybe maybe in some cases they have been? I just I haven't seen any coverage of it. I haven't seen any statements about it. Um, why aren't you jumping up and down, just red hot, saying you're putting our workers' lives on the line here? That's a great question. Well, you know, and for a lot of union workers, like hey. You're bringing these people in to take our jobs. And now we got to put up with this crap. Man. What is this? Just rolls on. Meanwhile, there's someone that's not putting up with race baiting. Who is this? Yeah, name? there was a hearing in the House of Representatives yesterday about the border crisis, and one official who was testifying claimed that, like you mentioned, calling it a crisis, uh, calling it invasion, saying the border is open, well, all of that is racist. Republican Representative Wesley Hunt out of Houston. He's black, mm -hmm. and he's done with this nonsense. I love this. Oh. If I call this an invasion, sir, I'm not racist. I can assure you I'm not racist. This administration, a Democrat party, unfortunately, uses race as a scapegoat for everything. And as somebody that wants to make sure that we do attack racist issues when they do occur, we can't be the boy who cried wolf and blame racism all the time. I am here to hold this administration accountable to understand that there are issues of race that need to be addressed. And, sir, this ain't one of them. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, I like that. I want to stand and applaud. I like that a lot. I mean, he, he nailed it because everything is racist. Everything. It, the, the word has lost meaning. Well, of course. It, it just yes. doesn't mean anything anymore. It doesn't mean anything. Everything well, is racist. For Wesley... The other thing that, and I'm sure he probably already knows this, but because he is a black Republican, means he's not really black. Yeah, that's true. I never thought about that, but you're right. He's a part of white supremacy, according right. to the left. Yeah. Yes. Right? So, Sir, I'm not racist. Okay. I can assure you I'm not racist. Well, then if you say that and you're a black Republican, then that means one thing. You're racist. Because <laughs> if you're white, and if you ever say what he just said there, you know what that means? You haven't done the work. That's true. Yeah. You're racist. There's no stepping out of line a little either. 
Once you step out of line, it's not a little. It's a lot. What do you mean? I mean, you're either in or you're out. There, there is no gray area here. I mean, with with the so-called racism. Okay. If you disagree with us, you're a racist. Period. I, is there any way to finagle a little just to say, hey, listen, I might disagree a little, but I'm doing the work. <gasps> right, right. But that's not enough. You okay. know that's not enough. Yeah, but no, even I am it. irredeemable, yeah. and I am doing <laughs> yeah, the work. you can't do okay. anything about it. Got it. Okay. Such nonsense. You can never apologize enough. No, I mean, that's the whole CRT thing. You can never, ever apologize enough. Yes. <laughs> Dude, for the, the people, and especially the politicians... Oh, the white ones, and I know that I have much work to do. Oh yeah. Oh goodness gracious, do you really not respect yourself at all? No. Golly. Meanwhile, everything going well in California, especially Los Angeles. Maybe you saw this story. Students there are going to be allowed to carry Narcan in schools. Why? Oh, great. Well, the fentanyl crisis, of yeah, course. Yeah, of course, Golly, man. That is so. Freaking sad. You know, man, mentioned uh, my oldest daughter, medical student, talking about, yeah, they're having people carry him around, you know, cans of Narcan just to know what to do if you ever ran across someone that had OD'd. I'm like, oh, that seems like, you know, a good idea. You're going into the field. And then I see this, what, you're a high school student? Carried around in case classmate OD's. Yeah. Wow. The superintendent, uh, Alberto Carvalho, reportedly told school board members on Tuesday that an updated policy from the district will allow students to carry the medication at a time when drug cartels are smuggling deadly fentanyl across the southern border of the United States. It's all over. Maybe you've seen the pictures of the different colored pills. It could be that. It could be a kid going on Snapchat thinking they're just getting some Adderall or some downer, whatever it might be, but it's laced with fentanyl. They don't even know it. Yeah, so you get uh, six sharp pencils, a protractor, your calculator, and Narcan. Mm-hmm. It's your back-to-school pack. Wow. But, and he wrote to board members, it cannot be used to get high. It's not addictive and does not have any effect on a person if there are no opioids in their body. So just to be safe, man, you can carry that around. Carrying that around like EpiPens, man. That yeah, is right. so sad. Yes, it is. I mean, you don't really have to say anything else about it other than, yeah, high school kids, they can carry that around just in case. Okay. Saw this little survey and thought uh, you would find this interesting. That they asked people, hey, how much money would you pay to get rid of this forever? Like stomach aches and cramps, you suffer from that. How much would you pay if you never had to deal with it again? And people end up saying, on average, $12,100. I'd pay that. Okay? They had, like acne or pimples. You know, depending on your age, I right. would guess, depends on how much you were going to pay. On average, $11,200. Wow. I'd pay it. Hmm. Uh, if you'd never throw up again, $10,300. How about COVID? Be done with it forever. I mean, we've collectively already paid more than $10,000 per taxpayer yeah, yeah. for these we, vaccines that don't dollars, work. Yeah. So, But on a personal level, you know what it was? How much? $13,500. To illustrate that it's not that big of concern for people, 
when they asked about allergies, I said, well, I'd give 13900 for that. Yeah. No, they affect more people, certainly. But number one doubled allergies. Because allergies was number two. You know what number one is? Insomnia. Oh, gosh. I can yeah. see that, yeah. That's torturous, yeah. On average, we'd pay $27,400 to never deal with it again. Yeah. First presidential candidate who promises some stipend if you don't have the money to pay for it. <laughs> well, and not in the form of a pill. Because I'm, I've taken that for a long time. And when I first started taking it, I think you know this story. It's not addictive. <laughs> and I was the dope that believed it. You woke up in Muncie, Indiana with a donut in your mouth. <laughs> I, I thought that was actually pretty interesting. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, hangovers. For the drunks, they'd pay $3,200. How about just not drink? Well, Think that, about you before yeah. your heart attack. I never got hung over, though. Had I gotten hung over, it, I may have stopped it really earlier. Well, you never stopped being drunk. Well, that's, that's the key. <laughs> that's my pro tip right there. <laughs> okay, much to get to, it, including the FBI bungling the secret documents case. Straight ahead. All right, the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You're a lime dog faced pony soldier. I haven't go. even said anything yet. Oh, we were going to talk about the classified documents, though. Piece in the New York Post from Jonathan Turley, the attorney and professor at George Washington University Law School. Fox has him on a lot. Seems like straight shooter. Can't trust anybody these days, but seems like legit. I usually listen to see what he has to say. What he's basically saying is this. Uh, this is going to be really complicated for any sort of criminal charge from the way this thing's been handled. It kind of takes you through exactly what we know, how this went down. Said the FBI issued the all clear on its latest search. You know, the beach house. Right. Yep, nothing there. Yeah. Okay. So that is the first day of special counsel Robert Hur on the job. Said, you know... He may find that the Biden legal team feels that, quote, all clear extends beyond the latest search because it could be challenging to make this criminal case because the FBI has adopted an approach that would compromise or complicate any criminal charge. They left the home untouched for over three months after classified documents, of course, were found in Biden's former office in D.C. While it was recently learned that the FBI did go to that office a couple weeks later, it reportedly elected to have personal counsel for the president conduct searches on the residences. Biden then spent weeks traveling to these residences after the FBI waited to search the premises. The private searches clearly went through the documents and moved and potentially organized the material then. Despite being given the opportunity to conduct and record the initial searches... The FBI will now have to rely on the accounts of private counsel. Yeah. Well, they wouldn't lie. Oh, right. No. Why would they do that? So, hey, private counsel, how were these documents originally left? I mean, were there any visible classified markings? Ah, 
no, no, right? Just the way we got him here, that's that's how we found him, sure. He goes uh, to give an example. To go through the papers, counsel had to handle them, sort them, and stack or box them. So then that would mean the original conditions are lost in determining like if anyone in the vicinity could have seen a telltale bordered classified jacket or whether a classified document was partially or fully outside of a jacket. The FBI allowed uncleared private counsel to tread all over the scenes, then creating a nightmare of chain of custody. Now you get into some of the verbiage that's a little higher than I certainly know when it comes to law, but you can certainly see the point that Turley is making in. The FBI could have gone and done this themselves, but they allowed private counsel to do it, and then they get to do whatever they want. Yeah. They didn't even ask it, what the paper shredder was for. <laughs> right. <laughs> the burn pit out back. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's not clear how the FBI conducted the searches, even as they then went and searched. Reports recently indicated that Biden included classified information in notebooks that were seized in earlier searches. And if that's true, then that's a nightmare for investigators because it would require the agents to do more than simply looking for classified documents with markings, you know, either at the beginning of a paragraph or the top of pages. They would have to actually read material to determine if Biden incorporated classified material. <laughs> this makes your head spin, Scott, yes, I can it tell. Does, it does, the whole thing. Yes. I mean, the whole thing. So in the end, I think, as we've said from the get-go, there's probably not going to be a whole lot that comes from this. But you wonder how it all started yeah. and why it started and why all of a sudden the likes of CBS or NBC or even CNN seem to be going after Biden in a way that they never have before. You have to be under the assumption that if we would have found out when they were first noticed that perhaps, maybe perhaps, the election results could have been, may have been different. Hard oh, to yeah. speculate on that, but certainly wouldn't have helped Joe Biden's campaign at all. No, with the Democrats. But I think the message is clear. They want him out. So more on that a little bit later. Um, random survey of the day. A lot of people, you know, have their pets either sleep in the bedroom with them, sometimes on the bed. Yeah, I think both of you guys do that, right? Yeah. yeah. Some degree. Okay. So then the question is how many people that do that? Um, are distracted by their pets during, you know. Well, I think I'd be out of the room. So, so it would be a distraction. Yeah, but but yeah. also scratching at the door—that counts as a dis- a distraction, right? That's why I have. Yes, my, that does count as a distraction. My squirt bottle nearby. Hmm. Excuse me. I'm not. Distracted to crack gonna... open. Boom, boom, boom. That's it. Yeah. Let's just have a moment of silence and leave that alone like adults. I'm not, I'm not. Thank you, David. God, you You're guys. showing maturity right now. The filth in this room. Oh, boy. <laughs> this is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Biggest story of the day, David, is... Um, the... Uh, Scott <laughs> Robin's weird. Anyway. <laughs> the bedside table squirt bottle is probably okay. the biggest story of the day. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I can't. We There's get this too many. Not I, the bedtime squirt I, bottle. Jeez. Well, you, okay. Has it? Has a pet ever stopped the fun? Let's just switch to that. Stopped question. the fun? Yes. 
63% of people said yes, it stopped the fun. 58% are distracted. Well, okay. Okay, uh, moving on. There's a lot to get to. I'm not saying another thing. Including NBC whitewashing their role in covering up the Hunter Biden scandal. Next. Markley, Van Camp, and Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer, the millennial David Van Camp, and the sexy boomer is Scott Robbins. Boy, this is something with NBC News. Yeah, it really is. Well, the, the, the setup here is Hunter Biden, the crackhead screw-up son of the president, uh, appears ready to sue a bunch of people in conservative media for talking about that laptop. So Wait. he's saying it's real. Well, not not exactly. It's kind of, hmm. they're, they're trying to thread the needle here, saying, well, some of it could be real or whatever. There were real materials that were stolen, but we're still not sure if the laptop... It's, it's weird how they're trying to position themselves here. But apparently Hunter Biden is the victim in all of this. Um, that's, that's their argument at the end of the day, and they're actually asking the Justice Department and uh, state officials in Delaware to pursue criminal action against Rudy Giuliani and uh, against uh, uh, the guy who actually had the laptop in his possession and handed it over to the FBI. So, I mean, this is about going on offense. But what's remarkable is that if you're watching the Today Show today, uh, Kristen Welker was the reporter, and the way that she positioned the story was fascinating to me given everything that happened in 2020 when this story was coming to light Hmm. the laptop you may remember was at the center of a series of salacious and frankly damaging media stories about the president's son a lot of them before the 2020 election including alleged emails related to his business dealings overseas and republicans have really tried to seize on this alleging hunter biden has tried to profit off his father's political career for his part president biden has denied knowledge of his son's business dealings well, he wasn't trying to. He was. Yeah, he admitted There's no it. trying about it. Yeah. That, that's the thing. He admitted it. The question is whether or not he ran afoul of the law. That's, that's the question. But Hunter Biden himself admitted that he would not have gotten many of these jobs if his last name weren't Biden. The yes. other thing, <laughs> no one in legacy media ever wanted to talk to Tony Bobolinsky. Nope. Ever. Who was the partner? who set up the deals with Hunter and talked on Tucker Carlson's show. Yes, the big guy is Joe Biden. He got 10%. Yeah. Then when she just says, you may remember this, you know, it was damaging to the Biden campaign. How? No, it wasn't. Most people never heard the story because big tech and mainstream media wouldn't touch it. No, they would not. And people don't forget this stuff, man. It's crazy. I happened to see this piece uh, at the Federalist from Eddie Scarry. And I, you know what? I'll just tell you part of what he says. <laughs> Man, some of the words I think might even be too spicy for the pepper for you guys. Oh, boy. And that's saying something? No. But the title of the piece was, It's Far Too Late for a Reckoning of the Trump Years. It's Corrupted News Media 
or the corrupted news media are irredeemable. Saying, um, you know, if you have like 10 hours to spare, you could read this long article in the Columbia Journalism Review that bills itself as a reckoning for the appalling misconduct of the news media during the Trump years. He's saying, don't even waste your time. No. Because it's too little and about six years too late for that trash. Yeah. Talks about Bob Woodward, quoted in the piece, authored by former New York Times journalist Jeff Girth, urging newsrooms to, quote, walk down the painful road of introspection. No. Girth himself says news outlets and watchdogs haven't been as forthright in examining their own Trump-Russia coverage. So he goes through a series of writers and editors who declined to comment on his attempt at very serious media accountability. Okay. And Eddie writes, so what? They did what they did. They continue to do it. They have achieved their goals and shown they're willing to defend their victories with whatever it takes. But we, the people who called BS from the beginning, are supposed to be impressed, grateful even, that someone of prestige is acknowledging that we were right. This is where I think it gets a little spicy. It says, Girth, Woodward, and the rest can go practice having a stroke. Ooh. A little spicy. Yeah, it was. Wow. Damn. I think that's that's a little hotter than I've even heard of Robbins or yeah, Van Camp. Yeah. He goes on to say, no amount of painful road of introspection can fix what the media, conspiring with the Democratic Party and the permanent Washington bureaucracy, did to this country and to American democracy. They beat a terrifying lie that a sitting president as an asset of a foreign adversary, and they beat it into the public consciousness for more than two years, crippling the political agenda Trump was duly elected to enact and certainly aiding in the denial of a second term in office. But look, here's a renowned journalist giving them a stern talking to. Yeah. Yeah, and he's beyond it. Nobody cares. It's over. They won, and they never stopped. As horrid as the media was pre-Trump, its shortcomings were mostly recognized as liberal bias. What they did beginning in 2017 and ever since isn't bias. It's dishonest. It's malicious. It's evil. I totally agree. They lie to people every day. We've been saying that for a long time. I also think back to that one day when Trump called the media the enemy of the people, the news media. And it seemed harsh at the time. And all I could think was, all right, we follow this every day. We know they lie every day. If it was someone looking out for your best interest and they were lying to you, well, that doesn't match. That's not someone that's looking out for your best interest. That's someone trying to fool you. That would be an enemy. Yeah. They are the enemy of the people. Well, I know in every, that's mar- true. In every market in the country, somebody is on my side, though. Well, that's local media. Yeah. They're always on my side. Yes. On your side. <laughs> of course they are. Uh, Girth even had the nerve to offer media some cover in his piece, faulting Trump, who as president, quote, seemed almost to be toying with the press offering spontaneous answers to questions about Russia that seem to park to darker narratives. <laughs> so this is the Trump was wearing a short skirt argument. A little bit, yes. And deserved He had it coming. coming. Yeah. No, that's garbage, man. That's total garbage. And, you know, the thing to me is that I don't know if there needs to be a reckoning because when you look at ratings for a lot of these, uh, a lot of these cable news outlets... When you look at subscription levels for the Washington Post and the New York Times now, uh, 
mm-hmm. people are realizing that they're not shooting them straight. And so, uh, you know, people whine about the death of, like, reliable media and all that stuff. Well, you know what? A lot of people have found that outlets like the Daily Wire, uh, that outlets like the Daily Caller, there are a whole lot of other right-of-center or outright conservative news outlets that are providing a better picture of reality than what all of these other legacy media outlets have done. And they realize that. And this is why they're abandoning the New York Times and Washington Post and all these others, because they realize it's nothing but lies. The rise of independent journalism is a good thing, man. The substacks of the world, all that stuff, it's good. You know, and he's right as he ended that piece. Saying, you know, eventually they changed the subject, agitating nationwide rioting over race conflict that doesn't exist. Yeah. And that's absolutely true. And instigating mass hysteria over a virus that passed through 99% of the population without incident. And you forget, but that's true. Yep. They did it, all of it, to dispose of Trump and discredit the movement that put a genuine Washington outsider at the highest level of government for the purpose of real fundamental change. It was a great success. I'm like, yes, man. And now, so yeah, Bob Woodward, yeah, you know, these young journalists, they really need to look at themselves. No, shut You're up. part of this, dude. Please. Um, totally different piece. But I, I thought this was pretty cool. And I hadn't read anything from Hans Ziegler before. If I had, I forgot. But he wrote this little piece called What the Culture Wars Get Wrong. And you know what it is? That when you're looking at most people in the United States, even if they vote differently, they see a lot of things the same way on a number of different mm-hmm. issues about policing, about illegal immigration, a lot of hot button stuff, trans activism. Most people are on the same page. You only hear from the extremes. Yeah. And I suppose that's because, you know, for a lot of news media, it's either about clicks or ratings yeah, and scare tactics. And that's what they deal in most of the time. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's the, you know, what the activist branded don't say gay bill in Florida. When you had state level polling that showed most Democrats were in support of this when they actually were in support of this when they actually read what the bill was, which was saying, right. hey, up to third grade, we're not talking about gender transitions. We're not talking about that. We're not going to have adults talking to first graders about their genitals. No. Most, right. peop- most people understand that. Yes, they do. Man, it's crazy. Another story I saw, Daily Wire. I've mentioned this show before, The Chosen. Yeah. It's the mini series about yeah. Jesus, the disciples, and it's free. You just get the app. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. Your phone, tablet, whatever. You just get the app. You can watch it for free. Um, but the whole thing is funded by people that watch the show. And a lot of people wanted to see it in theaters. They've done this a couple of times. We mentioned it, um, what was that, late November, early December? Mm hmm. Like for the latest series, which is season three, did the first couple of episodes and it did really well. So now the season three finale, which would be episodes seven and eight, is going to be in theaters this weekend. It sells out. So now they're going to do multiple dates through February 6th. So another chance to see it. And the thing is, man, those are going to be available free on the app within the next week or so. But people still want to go. A lot of people that I've talked to, 
Like, you know what? I just want to give my money to something that I feel good about supporting more than anything else. Well, I think it's the communal experience, too. I suppose. I mean, I think there's something to that. You're watching with a group of people who are who think similarly like you do. That could be. You know? That's not the honestly. It's well, why not go that to a movie me. at all though? You can always wait. It'll be on your TV set, and you know. Okay, I don't know if everybody thinks months. like this, but I always think. Okay, there are some you want to see, just because of whether it's special effects, you know, the hugeness of it. You want to see it on the big screen with the big sound, all of that stuff. That's not the reason I'm going this weekend. And honestly, I'd rather watch it at home. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, might, you might have to see Coming Back from the Dead on the big screen, though. Yeah. What's that? You might have to see Coming Back from the Dead on the big screen, though, to truly appreciate it. Well, I think it. the but, feeding yeah. of 5,000 is happening in the last Even episode. That's, of this. That would be a cool one, too. Well, it's going to be really that. cool, too, because Iron Man is showing up in this one. <laughs> wow. How's he going to do that? It's all the with, Avengers, yes. With two bottles of wine. Because yeah. <laughs> he needed the fish to actually keep his heart going. His right, little, exactly. Little exactly, metallic heart. Yes. So this is pretty wild, man. It was number three at the box office last time wow. it was in. And I wonder how it's going to do this weekend. Well, really like I said, a lot of these shows are already... Are you going? Yeah, I just said so. Oh, well, I didn't. I missed that part. I was sleeping. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not the reason I'm going this weekend. Oh. Yeah, but I I feel good about supporting it. Good. And, you know, maybe my wife really wants to go. There are a lot of people I know that are going. This season's been the best one so far. No doubt about that. Okay, much more to get to. Uh, Tennessee legislators closer to banning child sex changes moving forward. We'll get to that much more coming up. Right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, Tennessee lawmakers are moving forward to uh, ban child sex changes going forward. See what they call this, too? They just call it exactly what it is. The name of the bill. The Protecting Children from Gender Mutilation Act. Good. Well, that's yeah. what it is. The Tennessee Majority Leaders, William Lamberth and Jack Johnson, both Republicans, introduced it. And apparently, uh, the bill sti- still needs to clear additional committees in the House and Senate chambers before it's reviewed by the governor, Bill Lee. But it's moving forward. Um, and they had, you know, this big committee public forum in Nashville, packed audience there. Chloe Cole may recognize that name. 18-year-old detransitioner from California, uh, permanently scarred from having a double mastectomy surgery to remove her breasts at age 15. And, of course, she's talked about this. should never have happened. It's disgusting when you hear the different stories of people that are now 18, 19, 20 years old that wish they never would have done this. But you had people take advantage of them at one of the worst times of their lives. Um. But she said from the very beginning, the doctors were negligent. They treated me as if I were an adult who was capable of making informed lifelong decisions that would affect every area of my life, from socialization and relationships to sexual function and my ability to have children. And unfortunately, that's been the story for a lot of people. So in this bill, 
Um, it would effectively bar doctors from prescribing puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and performing gender-related surgeries on minors uh, for the purpose of medical transition. It would also allow patients and their families to sue for damages, yeah. which is one of the reasons why they shut down the one big clinic in the UK. Mm-hmm. So look at that as good news. I, I just can't believe that it's even a debate. I See, point. I think that too, David. I agree. I mean, what that, are we debating here? You're, you're not talking about, you know, whatever social transition. I mean, to me, that's up to the parent. I mean, I don't agree with it, but that's up to the individual parent. When you start talking about actual surgical or medical interventions, that's where, yeah, I think that's an appropriate response on the part of the state to say no. We're, you're not you're not allowed to do that. I mean, everybody's made this big deal out of saying, oh, yeah, we've raised the age of uh, being able to get cigarettes to 21. How great is that? Oh, you, well, we got to make sure that uh, you can't buy a rifle until you're 21 because you're just not prepared to make that kind of life decision. Oh, you want to chop off your Johnson? Yeah, you can do that at 13 or whatever. That's crazy. Dude, think about it. The Surgeon General this week said, really advise, no smartphone until you're at least 13. Right? Yeah. Because mentally, it's so bad for your development. List all the reasons why it's a bad idea to have a smartphone before you're 13. But somehow, magically, you know it's time to chop it off. Or whatever it is. Start taking puberty blockers. It's insanity. It is. I agree. It's not loving. It's freaking evil. There's all this stuff you seem like we could all come together and agree on without much debate at all. Right. You can't. Yes. No, you can't. And then you do have cowards out there that know better. I just don't want to, you know, I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, very strong. As this is happening to these kids, it's terrible, man. Unreal. Okay. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robert Show. Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Thank you so much for being here, as always. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I have this piece of audio that I just find delightful, okay? So, it's. I mean, it just really shows how desperate and just absolutely nuts these Democrats in Congress are. So, again, I know this is a little in the weeds, but Representative Ilhan Omar uh, has been booted off of the Foreign Affairs Committee. And we've heard a lot of hand-wringing about how this is an attack on women of color and Muslims. And, boy, I, th- that was news to me because I did not realize that Adam Schiff and Eric Swalhallwell uh, were Muslim women of color. But apparently they are. Because really? they got booted the guy, off. That dude slept with a Chinese spy. Yeah. Oh, uh, I shouldn't have been kicked off. And this, the most anti-Semitic person... In Congress, gets yeah. booted 
Everyone knew it was coming, but yet somehow this is an assault yeah. on Muslim women or women of color. Yeah. Give me a freaking Here, break. Here's Rashida Tlaib, another far-left Democrat in the House of Representatives, literally crying because of this. Okay, roll it. You are showing who you all are, really. The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar will not be silenced. The gentlewoman's time <laughs> has expired. To Omar. Gentlemen's so time has expired. That our country is failing you today <laughs> through this chamber. You belong the gentleman is no longer recognized. Oh my gosh. You, I know you're used to getting your way every time you throw a fit, but it's not going to work this time. I don't know. There's just something really funny to me about her going, <laughs> You belong on this committee. <laughs> Do you realize how silly you sound right now? Yes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. 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 I used to roll my eyes when the, the saying was trotted out there that liberalism is a mental illness. I'm not oh. so sure I can I can deny that at this point. Holy smokes. What you do have She's this... having a complete nervous breakdown. Yes. I Gentlemen's so time has expired. That our country is failing you today <laughs> through this chamber. Wow. Okay, first question, just to break it down a little. Is that awful acting, or is that for real? I, I, dude, I don't know. Here's the thing. I think it's real, and I'll tell you why. Because getting back to your original point, somebody took the toys away, and she's throwing a fit. Yeah, used so, getting her used way to by getting throwing her way a fit. by throwing a fit all the time. By just calling somebody racist or yes. sexist or homophobe, whatever, got her way. I can intimidate. I can manipulate. Yeah, I'm used I to getting my way. I can't do it anymore. That's and one of my teammates like. is being put out to pasture. Right. Because she's anti-Semitic. So the group of the squad gets together, and they're on Rolling Stone, and everybody makes a big deal. Oh, yeah. And, yes, queen, you slay, blah, it's such strong women. And then you act like a total kitty cat like that. It, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's like a step backward for women. Listen to that. I am so time sorry, has expired. that our country is failing <laughs> you today. Yeah. Let's get her some help she truly needs. My goodness, man. My gosh. Yeah, it was to leave right when they were talking about abortion and how she was trying to say it's all these conservatives worried about her. Yeah. And it was one of these things where I'm sorry, I don't care, you know, about your appeal, attractiveness, any of that sort of stuff. But then you say, maybe you shouldn't even want to have sex with me. Uh, no worries here. Yeah, I promise. Yeah. Could, that could break bad her in a hurry. <laughs> Holy smokes. You know, it makes Kinzinger look like Clint Eastwood now, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that audio. That was yeah. that was fantastic. It was really something. Wow. Okay, meanwhile, uh, <laughs> we're going to go down to audio from Corinne Jean-Pierre, and this is about shutting down the border? Yeah, yeah, well, instead of getting tough on the border, the Biden administration has just expanded this parole program for migrants, so all the migrants need to do is give the feds a heads up and then come on in legally. Work for a couple of years while we sort out your asylum claim. That's fine. Uh, White House Press Secretary Corinne Jean-Pierre says, well, we had to do this because, get this, Republicans want to end Title 42. 
the health order that made it easier for at least some restrictions on migrants coming in. So she's actually just lying about where Republicans stand on Title 42. Uh, Anyway, here's here's what what she had to say. Okay. What they wanted to do is to end something overnight, which would have created chaos. And so that's why we uh, we have been very clear about doing this when it comes to Title 42, doing this in a safe and orderly way. Oh. And uh, and coming up, uh, you know, we are putting up, uh, we're putting forward alternative priorities, alternative ways to dealing with the border. And so that's why we moved in that way. That's why we were very clear about uh, right. about what we're trying to do these next couple of months. You're not very clear about anything. No. Okay. You want illegal immigration. Everybody knows it. It's just this game that keeps going on. Well, it was Title 42, and then this, and the Republicans just won't help. And the funding, and we want to, no, you want people flowing through. It's your future voting base, and everyone knows it. Um, And that fight's going to go on for as long as it takes. If you have a question To secure the border. I I refer you to DOJ. Well, of course. On immigration. Yeah. I, maybe this is just a total non sequitur. I don't know. I just found this interesting. I did not realize this until today. You know, she's 48. No way. Yeah. I didn't know that either. I thought she was like, I don't know, 29 or something yeah. like that. And now I realize she's 48. Wow, maybe she really is just like the Make-A-Wish press secretary. Because you would expect someone who's been around this game that long to, I don't know, actually be able to put together a coherent thought. Well, on the bright side, she looks a lot younger. She does. I mean, I, you know, I want to know what moisturizer she's using. Yeah, that is really surprising. I'm, that is shocking. I had no idea. What made you look that up? Somebody had made the comment that she's in her forties, and I, I was oh. like, she's not in her forties. What? And I look it up. She's forty-eight years old. Man, you know what? That's like a bet you could make with somebody. Yeah. All right. Ask. What do you think the White House press secretary's age is if you come within 10 years? Is that fair? Come within seven years. You win the stuffed bear? Uh, you make it $10. Mm. $5 bet. You just add to it. Yeah. I wouldn't have come within seven years. Oh, no. I wouldn't have either. I would have said 28 or 9. I thought, seriously, I thought she was in her late 20s, early 30s. I, tops. I w- at tops, I would have said 35. Yeah. Wow. I don't know if you saw this. Okay. Too hilarious for me. Saw it at Daily Wire. There are Democrats in Connecticut, Hispanic Democrats, that have introduced a bill to ban the term Latinx. Again, Hispanic Democrats. Also known as Latinx. It's Latinx, Scott. It's the way it reads. There's no hyphen. No, I know. It all goes together. Who would ever pronounce it that way? I'm just reading it as it looks on the paper. I know you are. Latinx. Right. So again, and they say it was partially inspired by, well, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, the governor of Arkansas now, who had the move to ban the term Latinx from state government. So this is really interesting. The five members in Connecticut, Geraldo Reyes, Christopher Rosario, Juan Candelaria, Robert Sanchez, Minnie Gonzalez, blasted the word itself as a woke term. Reyes said this. It's offensive to the Constitution state's sizable Hispanic population. Said, if I'm of Puerto Rican descent and I find it offensive, the Spanish language, which is centuries old, defaults to Latino for everybody. It's all inclusive. They didn't need to create a word. It already exists. They, meaning 
I'm guessing, dumb white liberals? Yeah, it's mo- the Latinx thing was mostly uh, white liberals in academia who were pushing this stuff, and then it filtered down to the activist class. Um, and then suddenly Democrats decided that's how all Latinos need to be referred, or that's how they should be referred to. And most Latinos for years have been saying that that's dumb, like actively either offended by it or just made fun of it. Nobody refers to themselves as Latinx. <laughs> well, I went to the Wayback Machine. I yeah. think I might have an example. Okay. Um, this was Paulo Ramos on MSNBC who was very upset that Latinx was failing as a word. I am Latinx. That's how I choose to identify myself. So it's frustrating to see the term Latinx, a term that was created to foster inclusivity, be the latest victim of a culture war. A recent poll showed that only 2% of Latinos identify themselves as Latinx. And well, The culture war for Hispanic people? Yeah. What are you talking about? And while that may be true, a bunch of bad faith actors use that statistic to paint the term as divisive. <laughs> it is. No one had to paint it. It already yeah. was. They didn't want it. <laughs> it doesn't matter how many times Gavin Newsom says it. Got politicians that are banning not assault rifles, but the word Latinx. They're not even serious. Oh, no, they're serious. You have, again, Hispanic Democrats in Connecticut saying, this is stupid. Make it stop. Okay? And please, when you're looking for vaccine equity, when you get monkeypox, you don't need that word either. Um, Latinx men, Latino men in San Francisco are disproportionately impacted. So we're working with our community organizations (laughs) to give them appointment slots where people don't have to wait in line. And we are trying to achieve vaccine equity that way so everyone has a chance to get vaccinated. It's like comedy. (laughs) Well, Pox has an X at the end of it. That's right. Yeah. (laughs) So wait, should we start calling it monkey po? I'm just kind of I'm confused now. I don't know what what are the rules surrounding X here? Wait a second. Kung Fu Panda. His name was Poe, right? Yeah. Maybe he identifies both ways. He's Pox. <laughs> He's Poe X. I don't know. Yeah. That's going to be it. Uh, coming soon to a literature course near you. Near it's you. Edgar Allan Poe X. <laughs> I play a little. Oh, goodness. Fly okay. Switching gears. What's the, you're saying who's ready for climate lockdowns? What's this about? Oh, yeah. Well, Biden's White House team is ready to apply COVID lockdowns to the fight against climate change. Awesome. Uh, the EPA, the Departments of Energy, Transportation, and Housing as well, put together this idea using the COVID lockdown strategy as a blueprint for decarbonization. So they want to eliminate nearly all greenhouse gas emissions uh, from the Transportation Secretary by 2050. Okay. Uh, Mostly through a transition to electric vehicles. But they're also floating this idea of having, well, encouraging people to work from home more. Oh, and go to school virtually. Part of this report (laughs) reads, quote, telework and other components of a digital economy can improve convenience by reducing travel demand, especially for work uh, commuting. Uh, The COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted major opportunities for telework, with some studies showing the possibility of 10% long-term reduction in annual vehicle miles traveled. And, you know, remote access to services like healthcare and education, one of the key uh, uh, determinants of future travel demand. They're going to use the pandemic as as the model for doing things, even though the lockdowns for the pandemic didn't work. Yeah, I think we could speak for everybody when we say noakes. 
<laughs> no X. That means everybody nope. No X. Sorry. Okay. Much more to get to. <laughs> Did you hear what Al Sharpton said at Tyree Nichols' funeral? Unbelievable. We'll get to that much more coming up. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. You know, it made me feel good earlier today. We talked about it. Um, when you look at different stats of so many people in the United States are actually on the same page when it comes to a number of different issues. But you wouldn't know it from the news cycle. And that could be anything from the border, illegal immigration, what we should do about fentanyl, race relations, all these different things. I bring that up before this clip of Al Sharpton from the Tyree Nichols funeral yesterday. Which, man, it's really something to go where there was five black officers that beat this poor guy to death and still make it about race. And yes, it was easy to predict it, as we all did. Um... And I mean, it's like a 45 second clip you had, David. We had part of it on earlier. But you kind of drilled down to the very last part. For me, I believe that that man had been white. You wouldn't have beat him like that that night. This is at a funeral. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The Reverend. five black officers would not have beat him. Okay. All right. So you're just there to divide, obviously. And some would say, you know, he's made a living at that for a oh, long that's time. That's what he does. And I understand if you're on the left and we're talking about a black conservative or just um black person in education that thinks differently than most of the left does, that you will label him also a white supremacist, seen it many different times. Renowned economist, Glenn Lowry. I forgot about this clip. This was from a few years ago. When he was talking about how Al Sharpton, what have you done for the black community? Just asking the honest question. And in part said this. If he was working with the cops and not against the cops to try to keep the peace in some of these neighborhoods, um, I'd have more respect for him. But it's a very high level shtick. He's refined it uh, to perfection. And he's out Jesse Jacksoning Jesse Jackson. In the 21st century, while the clock keeps ticking on poor black people, and uh, the demagoguery that speeds out of him is almost completely unrelated to the actual material needs of his population. Joe Biden is going to rescue uh, inner city Baltimore? Really? At the brokerage of Al Sharpton? Joe Biden is going to save uh, uh, education for poor black people? That's what he was talking about at the time. Mm -hmm. Sharpton was out. Yeah campaigning for Joe. Joe Biden is going to make it safe to walk on the south side of Chicago after midnight because Al Sharpton is in the Oval Office. Yeah, I was going through these different clips and how, you know, he said with Bubba Wallace and NASCAR, there was a noose. You saw it was a noose. Mm -hmm. Like any chance he gets, man. I mean, that's where he's going to be. What do you say at the time? If we don't have something soon, Nassau can expect a visit from me and I won't be coming to drive a car. Well, not Larry Nassar, it's NASCAR. 
But he has trouble with the teleprompter. Yeah, That's been yeah. well documented, and it's something that Robbins has loved for years. Oh, it's perfect, yeah. And if you want another little example. He died of accidental asphema, uh, uh, al-Qaeda in Yemen. <laughs> Yemen. The New England Patriots cheat to get into the big game. NFL analyst and Hall of Fame player Troy Aikens. Uh, uh, this is the Markley Van Camp and Roberts Show. <laughs> Uh, that could go on forever, I, man. Just, I want to know who Troy Aikens is here. I think a lot of people do. He's the brother of former winner of uh, Celebrity Sing-Off, Clay Aiken. <laughs> Michael Druniski. Druniak. Including Lincoln himself, Daniel Days Lewis. <laughs> Daniel Days Lewis. <laughs> he's going to be on three times. It never stops being funny, man. Allison Lundergan Grimes, Gina Dehausseus. <laughs> Robin, you got your top three of the day ready to go? <laughs> yes. Scott Robbins trifecta to news update straight ahead. Van Camp and Robbins show. James Martin, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. Uh, well, Punxsutawney Phil has emerged from his borough to let everyone know there are some documents marked classified down there. <laughs> I don't know, that was a Babylon B headline. Just wanted to share that with you. Pretty good. That's pretty good. You had me sucked in, man. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> you really did. Um, no, I'm still so confused with this Hunter Biden legal strategy now. So Hunter Biden's lawyers are saying, we're going to sue Tucker Carlson. We're going to sue... Steve Bannon and Rudy Giuliani, and this is what we're going to do. And to, uh, yeah, uh, anybody who talked about this laptop that contained embarrassing material and potentially evidence of crimes being committed with his uh, dear old dad. Um, but then, so a lot of us, you know, initially you see the story that they're preparing to go after them in the legal realm and they're asking the DOJ to get involved um, and all of that. So a lot of us initially would take that to mean, okay, so you're confirming that was actually his laptop, okay? You, you really hadn't done that before. Uh, you know, Hunter Biden said, well, it could be mine, but I don't know because I was cracked out all those years. So I, I, I don't know. I was leaving laptops everywhere. Who knows? Yeah. But the lawyer came out again and issued a statement saying, we are not confirming that that's his laptop. Okay. How does that work? That, that's that Jelaine, uh, whatever her name is, Ghislaine Maxwell um, uh, <laughs> special sauce, right? Because she's the first person to ever be convicted of human trafficking people to nobody. Right. We don't know to who. Yeah. And in this case, I mean, to me, all it is is that, okay, what we're most interested in right now is the court of public opinion. And so if we throw this out there, that we're going to so sue these people... Tucker Carlson among them, okay, evil, crazy right-wingers. Okay, and we're not even saying that that was Hunter's laptop. You have legacy media 
carry the water for you. And they go out and talk about Hunter Biden's going to be suing these people, you know, because they were they were spreading all this stuff from this laptop. We're not even in saying it's real. And you know how this goes. For those of us that all know, it's always been real. It's like, what? how does this make any sense? But we know enough people that get their news from other sources, and usually just one or two that have made up their minds, and they are continuing to be brainwashed. And so they hear that, and they're like, well, good for Hunter, standing yeah. up for himself. He was an addict. People make mistakes. Yeah. He's just trying to move beyond those mistakes, and those evil right-wingers won't let him. Yeah, except he's got a daughter in Arkansas that... He's still in court fighting to make sure that that daughter does not get the Biden name because she is no Biden. Well, that lady probably told him that she was on birth control and she wasn't. She tried to trap him. I like I like how quickly the whole Me Too stuff just com- completely disappeared. When there's evidence that he was involved in a sex trafficking ring, there's the allegation now that one of the people that worked for him, uh, he was demanding that she do sexual favors for him if she wanted to keep getting paid like that. Oh, I mean, doesn't matter. You know, Hunter Biden, he, he, his dad loves him. And, uh, you know, he, he made some mistakes. Smartest guy in the room. Smartest, Smartest guy, guy in knows, the room. You know, yep. uh, yeah. By the way, that whole Me Too thing, yeah. that just quietly is gone. Well, you're right yeah. about that. Well, I mean, it's uh, for real disbanded. Yeah. Oh, the Time's Up thing, too? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, everything's gone. Well, yeah, and part of that is because they realized, one, that whole organization was a scam. And then, yes. two, uh, too many Democrats were getting caught up in this. Yes, all of a sudden, well, and part of it was <laughs> you had the same people trying to silence the, quote, victims with the Andrew Cuomo scandal in New York. Right. Trying to discredit the victims. It went from believe all women, unless they accuse a Democrat of something wrong. <laughs> Don't believe those right. crazy female dogs. Uh-uh. No, only believe the ones we tell you to believe. Yep. And with the Time's Up, so they had that actual organization. Did you see where all the money was being spent? It's like day spa stuff, weekends away. Yeah. It was insane. But were they ever called out on that from Legacy Media? Well, no. Come on. Kind of drift away. We'll celebrate them when they're hot, and then we'll just kind of uh, forget about it. Just like yes. Black Lives Matter. I mean, how many times are we going to see, or w- when are we going to see the 60 Minutes deep dive into the corruption that was happening within that organization? Never. Never. Because they're liars. It's just propaganda. All right, Robbins, you ready for your big Yeah, three? let's go, man. All right, let's do it. Here we go. Are you ready? One, two, buckle my shoe it's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day at this time, Scott Robbins' top three of the day. It always helped by what? Casey. Yeah. I'm Casey. There Casey. he is. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling? Feeling okay? Mm, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you might have a little nasty hack going. Say it again. How are you feeling okay? Yes. Jeez. I'm ready. <laughs> three. Uh, number three, the masking science is now pretty much settled, isn't it? Uh, a large group of international researchers, David, Jamie, have reviewed dozens of rigorously randomized clinical trials, trials of physical interventions against respiratory diseases. 
These diseases included COVID-19 during the pandemic, and the researchers failed to find even a quote-unquote modest effect on infection or illness from any type of mask. Furthermore, the effects that making the masking rather is having on health, childhood development, speech development are unknown and are currently under investigation. Now, governments are not funding this research, and without government funding, of course, the answer to the damage done will never truly be answered. Now, if you think this is over, meaning the masking, well, it's not for our kids and grandkids because the damage has already been done. It's ongoing and real. So, again, 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 if you spoke out against masking at any time, or if you didn't wear your mask everywhere you went, you were killing grandma. (laughs) Killing her. You had your hands around her neck, squeezing the life right out of her. These people. Except you weren't. Yeah. No, and now we know. <laughs> Why are you yelling? It just infuriates me. And the countdown continues. We've gone, <laughs> we've gone over this stuff I don't know how many times. How many times? Uh, the Scott Robbins trifecta, his top three of the day. Two. You know, those people were right. <laughs> uh, number two, Netflix is... Well, they're saying this again. They're going to be cracking down on password sharing. That's right. Stop thieving from the Netflix. Uh, Netflix is going to start cracking down next month, they say. And how are they going to do this? Well, in an updated FAQ, they said, quote, to ensure uninterrupted access to Netflix, connect to the Wi-Fi at your primary location. Open the Netflix app or website and watch something at least once every 31 days. This creates a trusted device so you can watch Netflix even when you're away from your primary location. Now, the deal is this. The value of the companies dropped precipitously. They're losing money. Yes. Hemorrhaging money. Yeah. Now, I have a suggestion. Rather than the password sharing thing, maybe, just maybe, you shouldn't have signed Michelle Obama and Harry and <laughs> Meghan to long-term deals for a boatload of money, you idiots. <laughs> You're cracking me up. But man. don't let me get in the way of your corporate decision on how you're going to fix this problem. Do you think that they should try to crack down on the password thing because so many about, people are watching for free? I don't free? care whether they do or not. I pay for mine. I mean, I don't I don't use anybody else's and nobody else uses mine. So you would want everyone else to pay. That it, I don't or care. you you don't I, care. Honestly, I don't care. If you want to know what my password is, hit me up, I'll give it to you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not really going to do that. What's wrong with you? I'm not really going to do that. Okay, I was just curious. These guys. I mean, all that. You know, it's either it's it's either Harry and Meghan or serial killers. End of list. That's all the program. Why do you keep getting it then? Because Seinfeld's on there. That's it. That's truly the only reason I have it. It, The the reruns are run all over the place. No, 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 not not commercial free. And not me being able to cherry, okay. cherry pick what years I want to see in that okay. sort of thing. All right. Now, on with the countdown. I know there's no arguing with you on that. Okay. No, All there's right. not. I'm, Very good. Because you still watch it every day. I'm not asking you to pay for it. Yeah, I am watching it every day. Wow. Okay. Uh, Scott Robbins trifecta number one. What do you mean, wow? What does that mean? Wow. Right. Just a series that you've watched every day. I watch it every It's a ritual now. Every night before I go to bed, I watch a couple episodes. That's it. There was maybe only one or two years since it ran in primetime that you haven't watched one every day. Because you used to watch it and rerun at 6.30 every day. That was part of a routine. Yeah, now it's not. Now it's bedtime. 
But that's what I'm saying. At yeah. some point, I, you know, hey, whatever, dude. I'll, I'll stick up Once for you, Once Seinfeld goes away, I, so do I. I go through binge phases. I'm done. What happened, David? I don't know. We can't hear David. That's did his weird. mic go out? He's on. Yeah, did, did you turn off my mic? I probably bumped it with my hand. Got some, I was here. I was sitting here defending you, Scott. Yeah, no, no. Okay, thank you, David. Thank yeah, you. Because so yeah, I mean, I go in the binging phases, and I'm yeah. actually in one right now. Where I'm, my wife and I, after we get the the kids to bed, finally, we do watch a couple of episodes of Seinfeld every night. Dude, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I know a lot of people that will binge things at different points in time. What I'm saying is, I don't think it's ever stopped. Since well, it ran in prime time, you've always watched it. Yeah, you get like a half hour here and there. But you couldn't do the, you know, you couldn't binge like episodes and entire seasons and that sort of thing. Okay. That's what I do it for. But you do it every single day. You watch it every day. Every night before I go to bed, yeah. usually I watch that's a couple it. episodes. Yeah. That's it. Okay. You can turn my mic off too if you want. It's no problem. <laughs> what are you watching? One. <laughs> Number one, uh, Arkansas Governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders was giving pro America books to kids, and that just won't do for the communist lefties. No, it won't. Uh, it, Governor uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was handing out free books to the kids. Books about loving America. Can you believe that? That sounds like a good thing. Groomer! <laughs> Groomer for what? <laughs> for someone to Should be patriotic and feel good about their country? How great America is? Okay. Well, the explosion's already started. This is what Sarah Huckabee is passing out to your kiddos. Are you okay with that? <laughs> yeah, I am okay with that. So the left is going nuts because of this. Yeah, religious indoctrination by government officials is the antithesis of American democracy. Constitutional freedom of religion and principles of separation in church and state. If she is passing this out of public schools, she is violating our First Amendment. Amendment. Evangelizing governor. Now, the kids should be taught about transitioning to the real gender, not being pro-American. Come on. Is this a religious book? No, it's a book about American freedoms and about America history and, and people who oh, wow. fought, died, and we are living in the country we live in. Proud to be an American, good to be an American. So there she was. She had a she had a big box of them, was passing them out to kids, and people lost their freaking minds. <laughs> I mean, it's just... What are these? These lefties are leafing through that book and saying, well, there's not any graphic description of oral sex in here. Right, exactly. <laughs> this isn't education. Right. Ben Franklin used to like them at all sizes. That's true. At least some <laughs> equity for plus size. I think it was going yeah, on in there after yeah, he, he shut the lights out. After he, well, he, he did, and older ladies yeah. too. And, and Ben know, Franklin's. Yeah. Uh, this is real. His act. Yes, it is. Argument yeah, was that older ladies know what they're doing. <laughs> and there you have it. And that's the Scott Robbins trifecta. I think he came up with the the, the phrase lines, taglines. <laughs> what are you talking about? What the heck? Gilf? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We got to get to a news update. Help us. What's, what's Bill Clinton doing on the news? We got to get to that, too. Coming up straight ahead. Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Van Camp's already laughing. He's got yeah. a news update. What? What happened? Okay, so let, let me take you in the Wayback Machine just to like two or three weeks ago. Remember when an official in the Biden administration suggested banning gas stoves? Some yes. people got really pissed about that, and liberals were like, well, duh, gas stoves give you brain damage and pollute the environment. This is a thing we just made up. Um, then nice the administration voice. kind of walked it back, and liberals were like, no one's coming for your gas stove. You right-wing lunatics just made all that up. Right. Yeah. Well, now the Energy Department actually does have a proposal that would set limits on energy <laughs> consumption for gas stoves. See? And the Consumer Product Safety Commission is literally investigating a ban on gas stoves. So the Energy Department's proposal would reduce energy usage by about 30% relative to the least efficient products on the market today. So there's a, a, a bunch of trade organizations, of course, like Whirlpool, uh, associated with Whirlpool and whatnot, who are saying, well, wait a minute, it appears that 95% of the market would not meet the proposed levels. That is effectively a ban on gas stoves. Yep. <laughs> made it up. You made it up. You made me. So I guess now we're going to hear people on MSNBC and in Congress talking about, well, duh, everybody knows. Like, what that guy say on uh, on CNN? That like had, having a car in yeah. your living room. Yeah, yeah. Having a gas stove is like having a car idling in your home. <laughs> what? No, it's not. Just unreasonable. <laughs> Just crazy people, man. <laughs> Yeah, all the time. Why do people think that they're banning gas stoves? <laughs> I don't know, because they are. Oh, update on Tom Brady. Figured you'd want to know it. No. Because, of course, he announced he's retiring for good this time. He yeah, means it. Yeah, I know. His, well, ex commented on his posting. Did you see that? Uh-huh. Zell posted, wishing you only wonderful things in this new chapter of your life. And gave the little praying hands emoji. Mm-hmm. She's with her personal trainer. Last I saw in Costa Rica. Most people don't Frolicking. wait. They don't wait around, do they? Uh, no. They go right up, back on the horse. Get back on it. Yep. I'm just going to ride right by that. Get two Nimrods. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Dan. It's Nimrods in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's the news. Rochester, New York. You know, it's Monday. It's evening. You get home. It's probably been a long day. Who's looking forward to Monday? What is going on when you find your upstairs neighbor wearing his clothes? Hey, those are my clothes. Oh, jeez. You're eating my food. Hey, there's a fire going on in my living room. What is going on? It's, it's that damn gas stove. <laughs> That's what it is. Actually, they said he started the fire on purpose. It wasn't even a kitchen accident or anything. The neighbor got in by kicking the door down, made himself right at home, and started the fire in the living room. Luckily, the whole building didn't go up, but the fire did burn a hole in the ceiling. Yeah. Dude, and another person had to hold the neighbor down until first responders got there. So he's facing charges for arson, burglary, and criminal mischief. Yeah. That's a bad Monday, man, and that is Nimrod's in the news.